Hello, world. Welcome to another episode of Namaste Bitches Podcast. I'm your host, Abigailia. Uh, I'm so excited about this episode. We had my friend Bella Gibbons on. Uh, she is a voice coach and a actor and an amazing singer. So let's get right into it. Here is Bella. Bella, what is your piece of advice? Hi, morning. My piece of advice today is remember to breathe, remember. which is really simple. Yeah, I know you'd think that we'd all be um, remembering all the time, but uh, I think we, we forget a lot in my experience. I, uh, I remember when I was in acting school that that uh, piece of advice would always come up when we were doing scenes and stuff. Yeah. And whenever it did, uh, you just look at the teacher and be like, but I am breathing. <laughs> yeah. I think it's more about the quality of your breath because, um, so there's all different kinds of breathing. There's not one correct way. We breathe differently if we're doing yoga or running or swimming or meditating. And um, there are different kinds of breath for all the different things that we do. Um, for me, re remembering to breathe um, is about uh, coming back into my body. So a lot of the time we spend a lot of our lives stuck in our heads. Um, and it's very easy to be stuck in your head for days and never actually check into what your body is doing. Um, in a lot of my work, I'm a, an actor and comedian and singer. So it's really important to me to be in my body for my work because otherwise um, I'm probably not doing a very good job. So for me, um, coming back to the breath is about um, it's about feeling and being connected with my feelings. Um, as you say in drama school, when they tell you that you're not breathing, it's probably that you're you could even be completely holding your breath, or it could be that you're breathing possibly quite in quite a shallow place, like in the kind of upper chest, which often we breathe into our upper chest when we are when we're ungrounded, when we're you know anxious, perhaps stressed. And allowing that breath to come deeper into your body um, is an incredible way of both calming yourself, reconnecting with, <laughs> with yourself, um, allowing um, space between your thoughts. So often, again, we get very caught up in our thoughts and they can kind of start to spiral. And then the, your breath equally will often get caught in your throat, upper chest, and then even your voice can start kind of going higher. And it's just uh, a reminder that actually releasing your belly, allowing the breath to go all the way down there, <laughs> um, letting go is a wonderful way of, um, of coming back to a kind of nicer reality, I think. Now, when you say coming back to your body and getting... Yeah deep into your breath how it sounds so beautiful but i feel like it's like just meditate and then you try to sit down and do the simplest idea ever and it's like oh i have no clue what i'm doing so how like how do you go about it do you do a full do you do yoga do you do a full body warm-up like how how do you get back into your breath I mean, ideally, yeah, I'd love to do a full hour's warm-up. I also, I love teaching, singing, and voice. Um, when you really have that time and space to to have an hour, sometimes nine, 90 minutes of that pure, relaxed focus. Obviously, in real life, 
<laughs> real life we don't <laughs> often get 90 minutes to you know uh stand in a room pretending we're in a field or whatever so sometimes it's just something as simple as using um certain images really help me um a lot of the work that i do with my students uh, relies a lot on imagination and mm. and actually forgetting a lot about what you know about what's actually anatomically correct a lot of that is not useful so Again, uh, some a lot of the images that I use involve light um, or colors. And I think once you can kind of surrender to an image, um, it means that lots of other things that are probably working and doing and holding, they can kind of let go because you realize that they're not needed. Mm-hmm. So rather than telling someone to, you know, um, release your shoulders, um, breathe into a certain part of your body, release, release, release. If you just give someone an image of say your throat is open to you have this wide open channel your torso is just this vast open airy space and then you start to kind of come right down into your hips um it's amazing where the breath can go when it's just invited rather than told to go to certain places so in response to your question about um how do i find these moments sometimes it is just 10 seconds of standing realigning myself mm-hmm. physically um so that means feeling the ground under my feet is really helpful just to remind myself that i have feet and they're all the way down there and i am this whole body not just my head mm-hmm. um lengthening the spine is lovely it immediately opens the chest Rele- releasing the muscles on your face sometimes just by allowing yourself to smile is a wonderful one because as soon as you smile you are telling your body it's okay <laughs> so you can let go for a moment everything's all right which i think is why you know humor is just essential to living for me um yeah. it's a, it's really cool <laughs> yeah uh well you are my voice teacher which yeah, yeah uh <laughs> b- because i started uh seeing bella we uh, we met la- a couple years ago at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and I found out this year that you teach voice. And since I lose my voice quicker and quicker every year, I was like, I better start seeing someone. And um, I really like your approach because it's so uh, like we're not just sitting down and doing scales at a piano, and uh, it's it is about releasing the belly, but. Uh, whenever you and I start working, it it's basically mini yoga for the first, well, one time it was an hour because I showed up freaking out and you were like, you know what, we're just going to breathe today. Uh, <laughs> but um, how, how did you, so you went to school for theater, right? I did. I started, um, I've always been singing, so I started writing songs when I was 13, 14 and I gigged a lot. Um, kind of folky stuff, uh, lots of lyrics. I like the words. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to Brighton when I was um, 21 and started. That was the first time I had proper proper singing lessons um, with a fantastic teacher. Uh, it was very technical. It was quite traditional, I suppose. So it was more like what you were describing. We did lots of scales, but it really, uh, I worked really hard. And then she trained me up. My teacher trained me to begin to teach. Um, and I started teaching and I started teaching at Stagecoach and then had my own students and I was doing that full-time for about three years um which was wonderful and fantastic feeling uh that you know my range grew suddenly I was I was singing in a band with four very loud men and it was wonderful to see my voice go from this kind of um I felt quite 
um, quite a small place to just like blasting out big venues. It was, you know, it was a big, it was a thrill. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, then I went to drama school quite late when I was, um, well, r- relatively late when I was 26 and ju- just changed everything for me. Um, my fascination with voice just grew. It was a whole different way of looking at the voice. So exactly as you just said, for me, it's like yoga. Yoga and voice are kind of the same thing. And I was fascinated um, when I really got into yoga, how much it changed my voice, mm-hmm. how much it opened things that it's it's difficult often to put it into words because a lot of the time it is sensations, it's just feelings. Um, but my voice became lower in my body it really it it stopped coming from my throat and over time it really it comes from like my solar plexus it comes from the the middle of me which is just a fascinating weird freaky feeling when you start noticing your voice is actually changing um and it's it's interesting that you link uh yoga and voice i I actually i ran a yoga retreat in september Mm. which is called vinyasa and voice precisely for this because I think they're so interlinked and I think anyone who's interested in voice can learn so much from practicing yoga and that doesn't mean that you have to be you know you don't have to be doing 90 minutes of Bikram it can just be something as simple as linking the breath to movement it can just be as learning how to do a sun salutation um that's enough that's that's certainly sufficient so if you said your voice teacher in Brighton had a more traditional approach. How did you create your own um, theory of teaching? Would you call it a theory? Yeah, I mean, that sounds um, um, very high and grandiose, but yeah, yeah sure. I mean, I, um, I guess like every teacher, all you do is you kind of learn and keep learning all the time from all different people, places, experiences, and you just kind of formulate what works for you and hopefully what you know communicate that to your students mm-hmm. um what was really interesting for me learning in brighton with my teacher was um i was very much teaching i was using her exercises that she um had worked on and but every session that i had i would spend between five and ten minutes doing a physical warm-up and as i said i was teaching a lot of kids um kind of from as young as like six and then right up to you know 70 but um particularly with the kids, I found it really important to get them physically in the room because I've never understood how you can walk into a room and snap into being creative um, in any way. So whether that's being creative with your voice, you know, there's a reason that we do Mm warm-ups. For me, warming up my body was just as important as anything. So I would do something that I don't think any other singing teacher that I knew of at the time was doing, not because I thought it was a crazy, radical, amazing thing that I was, you know, this big, you know, um, earth-shattering discovery. It just felt completely natural to me that you'd come into a room and we'd put on a loud tune song that they liked, that I liked, and we'd spend between five and eight minutes just warming up our body, really basic stuff, just going you know, often from head down, stretching, opening, so that 10 minutes later, we both found ourselves in the same actual space and now we're ready to use our voices. You know, we have all this, uh, we have so many stresses outside of our learnings. Um, every time someone comes to my my house or my studio for a lesson, uh, they probably had an hour of 
tubes or running or being late or you know all sorts of things that you kind of you have to give people the space to let that go and not expect that they can walk into a room and suddenly snap into action Mm -hmm. so that was where it started it started very intuitively for me and because I found that very helpful to get into my body before I started using my voice and then as I said I went to drama school and just had these incredible teachers that absolutely um just just changed everything for me in fact my best my favorite tutor uh Joanna Joanna Weir Ooston I think is how you pronounce her name we just called her Joanna it's her birthday today oh, so happy I thought birthday. I'd, yeah she's um she's a Linklater teacher and that's uh Kristen Linklater is um uh, an amazing voice uh coach uh, I suppose that's what you'd call her mm-hmm. um and she has her entirely her own style and I follow her a lot because again it seems it seems complete it makes complete sense to me um mm-hmm. and I, yeah I definitely encourage anyone who's interested in voice to check her out yeah I was uh telling some I, I told you this uh the other day but I'll repeat it again so the listeners can hear uh <laughs> that I told some comedy friends that I started taking voice lessons. Uh, one, because I want to be able to sing again, and two, so I stopped losing my voice. And they looked at me really interested, and I was just like, just so you know, those uh, crazy drama students we're always making fun of in Edinburgh, they're <laughs> on to something. And if we're going to live together next year, you're going to hate me. Uh, and they were like, Shoot, just so long as you don't wake me up with it. And I was like, well, we're fucked then, aren't we? But, yeah, <laughs> I've woken up people um, daily with, in fact, that happened today, because it's actually quite early. And um, yeah. the lovely friend that I'm staying with, I said, do you mind? I'm going to start making weird noises at nine o'clock. Is that OK? And she's like, standard, of course, Bella, go for it. You mm-hmm. um, Yeah, there are lots of different drama schools and they all have their own takes. I went to the Oxford School of Drama, which is... Um, a wonderful place. I mean, I, I wouldn't entirely. I wouldn't say it was fun. Just, just a big disclaimer there. But um, any good very- drama school isn't. I find you just cry a lot. <laughs> yeah, I cried every day for yeah. a really long time. Um, it's good, you know. It's good to get it out. Yeah. Um, the particular uh, style, at the Oxford School of Drama. I think it is quite particular to that school. I, I've spoken to lots of people from different um, schools around the country, and Oxford's definitely got its own thing going on. Um, we spent a lot of time on the floor breathing. Mm. And again, I think there's a certain amount. I made a very strong decision at the beginning just to surrender to the process. I thought there's no point spending my time here wondering why or if it works for me or what I should pick and choose from. It's like, okay, let's just go with it and see what happens. And I'm pleased I did because, um, as I said, the discoveries that I've made through lying on the floor breathing a lot have been quite, quite amazing. Yeah. Do you ever have students who come to you who are really resistant of that process of taking the time to just breathe or lay on the floor and they're like, hey, I'm here to, you know, learn how to belt a G and why are we stretching? Definitely. Um, and I find those people really interesting because they've obviously they have come to me for a reason. They're, I always find that um I do find that people are attracted to things and sit situations for reasons that maybe are they're not aware of. Um, I've I don't think there's ever been anyone that I haven't been able to make some connection with or um, have some exchange of uh, I don't know. Uh, my advice seems a bit weak. I think every I've learned something from every student I've ever had and vice versa. I hope. Mm-hmm. Um, 
certainly people are resistant to it and i you know i i tailor all my lessons to every single student because everyone's different and everyone has their own individual um things that they're working with so um I, i'm really lucky to teach some yoga teachers um some sound healers amazing people who explain are so what a, explain what a sound healer is Sound healer, I think it's a really broad term for someone who works with sound um, to heal. So if uh, on a really basic level, we're, so we're all vibrations. Everything is a vibration. Mm-hmm. Everything, even light. I know, mind-bending stuff. Um, but uh, so if we are all vibrations, then surely we can use sound. So whether it's tuning forks or singing bowls or um, uh, there's amazing, you know, those kind of crystal bowls. Have you seen people with it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, then, um, there is uh, there's amazing scope to be uh, healed and helped by sound. Mm. Um, but again, you do you do have to trust it and buy into it. Otherwise, there's, you're never going to be um, helped by something that you don't want to be helped by, if that makes yeah. sense. If you don't want to believe, it's fine. That's absolutely cool. But if you do um, take that leap of faith, uh, it's amazing what might happen. So I, I just generally try and talk to people a lot in our first session and gauge why they're here with me. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely what they want, what their intention is. That's really important because um, I'm not just going to uh, – I'm not working from a book. I'm not going through specific levels. Um, I do work, I guess, quite intuitively and – it's really helpful just just hearing people actually talk and hearing their voice, their spoken voice, is tells me a lot before they've even necessarily communicated any ideas that they may have mm-hmm. um, about what they want to, you know, achieve, explore. So Bella was kind enough to get me in on her busy schedule because it was the last minute before I realized "Mm, I should probably record another podcast. Um, So we actually live that not we actually live not that far from each other here in London. But uh, we did this via Skype because she's up in Manchester doing a play right now. Uh, but I think even just in the interview, like you listen to her voice and you're like, oh yeah, you teach voice. You have a lot of control of that instrument. And, uh, I just think she's great. Um, if you go over to the Facebook page, if you're new to Namaste Bitches Podcast, we have a Facebook page called Namaste Bitches Podcast. I think we should start another meditation challenge, which we did a long time ago. So if you're interested in that, go on to Facebook, Namaste Bitches Podcast, and whenever you listen to this, just join in uh, 10 minutes a day, check in on the Facebook group, and let's have some fun with that, okay? Um, All right, let's get back to Bella. You mentioned a little while ago that you led a yoga retreat back in September. Um, Tell me about Tell me about that, and because so many times you see yoga retreats that are yoga and meditation, and you did yoga and voice. How was that? What kind of people went? Uh, who did was, you have teach yoga? All give me the lowdown because I wanted I will, to go, but I couldn't. It was such a, it was such a wonderful week. So it happened just after Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. So um, the the idea came about because. Um, me and my friend Phoebe, who is in my comedy group, 
um, who is just a, the most brilliant individual ever. Um, we both love yoga and we love comedy and we love using our voices and we both train together. So we've got a lot in common. Um, we've all, we always do warm ups together when we're performing and um, we kind of take turns in leading uh, a physical, which is kind of like a mini yoga class and then a vocal um which is a lot of strange, strange, strange noises. Mm-hmm. Um, we came up with the idea of running a yoga retreat a few months ago. Um, Mid-September was the only time that we could do it. And we were like, yeah, we'll go to Edinburgh, um, smash that for a month, and then uh, come back and be really wholesome and r- run this retreat. Mm-hmm. Great idea. Okay, so the, the reality of it, obviously, was that we came back from Edinburgh completely exhausted, shattered to our core, mm-hmm. um, and um, and it took a lot of uh, um, a lot of energy to to get the retreat together, and I'm so pleased that we did. We were in Puglia, which is uh, the kind of the boot of Italy. Um, it was pretty stormy, I must say, for the first three days. Um, then then the sun came out, but it's such a beautiful part of the world, and we were in this incredible house, which we're going back to, I hope, next year. Um, with massive space to practice um, yoga, meditation, uh, voice, a bit of singing. Um, the I think we're running a, we're running another one in spring, late mm. spring, early summer. I know we thought we'd give ourselves a bit more time to prepare this time. Um, so the reason that it was uh, yeah vinyasa and voice um, vinyasa is my favourite kind of yoga and same for Phoebe. It's uh, I just love the flow. I think vinyasa means flow. I believe, mm-hmm. uh, or there's slow flow, which is uh, similar, just slower. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fundamentally, it's just about it's about linking the movement and the breath, and coming back to this uh, what I said at the beginning about there being a different breathing for all the for lots of different things that we do um, in yoga. It's the ujjayi breath, which is that lovely kind of um, it's a slight constriction in the throat that. Uh, means that you can both it kind of creates heat in the throat it means that you can hear your breath going in and out which is that lovely rhythm that you just if you ever come you know if you come out of it then it's easy to find it again because you've got that constant um in and out uh with your movement um and uh the fact that whenever i do yoga i'm I just feel so centered and grounded, and my, like I said, my voice comes from a different part of me, and seems so, um, so much more connected to my, my emotions, um, which I guess is kind of what we're all aiming for, particularly on stage. You know, you need to be, um, your thoughts and feelings uh, need to be communicated in an honest way to have a, you know, an effect on mm-hmm. an audience. Um, so we, it starts off as a bit vinyasa and voice. And then um, we also had uh, we had some guided meditation in the morning, which was a wonderful way to you know start the day. Um, and there were there was also the option of shiatsu treatments and, uh, and also I'm sorry, what kind of treatments? <laughs> shiatsu, which is um, that is yeah. Do you know what acupuncture is? Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's. A similar works with a similar system but it's just not uh invasive it's not with needles it's just um it's fully clothed massage um using uh kind of it's a similar pre- pressure points just mm-hmm. using hands um 
and it's yeah it's lovely really powerful stuff uh, mm. it's just it's all about getting the energy to flow in fact the 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 name of the retreat was uh find your flow which again my friend did say that sounds like something to do with periods but um <laughs> it wasn't actually it was uh it was it's more to do with the flowing of the energy which i think is what it's all about i think that's what i'm kind of uh finding out over, over the last few years it's just all about the flow mm-hmm. and once you are once you have that flow life is just so exciting and easy you know it's about finding the ease finding the flow of life um rather than always feeling that you're pushing and trying and wanting it's actually a lot of it's just there if you let it be there do you feel like you have that flow it changes it changes every day um and I think it's a lot of, uh, in my lessons, as, as you well know, a lot of it is about being aware of everything. It's about being aware of um, sensations in your body, being aware of tensions, not necessarily changing them or judging them, but being aware that some days I feel really grounded. Some days I feel like I have so much energy. Other days I need to rest. And it's kind of about, um, first things about, being aware of all, all of that, being conscious, because once you start to notice these subtle changes, um, our life just becomes so much more exciting because, mm. yeah, we're human and there's lots of things that you can't explain. Um, things like sleep and rest and good food, obviously these all uh, add towards you know, a healthier, happier life. But sometimes you can do all the right things and you've just got nothing. But it's okay because you'll probably spring back to life the next day. Mm-hmm. So I guess um, being aware and not and not worrying too much and not tell, definitely not telling yourself off. That's a big part. We don't say sorry in my lessons because it's it's useless for, for both of us. Uh, That's so hard <laughs> not to do. <laughs> it is really like, hard not to beat yourself up or be like, come on, get it together. Like just yeah. in life and voice lessons or in every day. Well, we're conditioned to uh, to do that. And I you know wanting to strive i don't think that's a bad thing i don't think it's it's not a bad thing to want to achieve and do better but i think there's a fine line between having you know that motivation to um to change things for the better and then that point where the pressure that you put on yourself is so great that actually it becomes counterproductive and you know uh, i think there's lots of things that people don't do because they're scared it's not going to be brilliant yeah like fuck it just um have a go and yeah it may not be the best thing ever but why not make something and and you know we tomorrow's a new day you can do it again yeah uh you said something a couple weeks ago in our voice lesson and i keep meaning i keep meaning to write a blog about it and (laughs) i haven't done it but now that we're talking i'm like oh i should release them at the same time but uh you i uh I'm not sure if I've talked about this on the podcast before. I'm sure I have. I used to sing. Uh, I went to drama school, as you, as I mentioned, and now I don't. And in our voice lessons, I've been kind of like, but I used to be able to do that, but I want to be able to do that, but I could be able to do that. And you were like, yeah, uh, how did you say it? You were like, but, but you were like, you might not ever get back to those notes, but between that time and now you've become a far more interesting person. So instead of trying to get back to where you were, move forward and just let it happen. And I was, and when you said that, I cannot tell you how m- much of a 
release that was in voice, but also in other aspects. Like uh, usually around my birthday, I get a little obsessed with how flexible I used to be. And I'm like, I should get back to that before, uh, you know, before I turn another year older. And uh, but in, in instead of getting obsessed with what I could do at 23, be like, oh, but I can do this at 31, which is like so much more exciting. Exactly. And I think that is, I mean, that's so life affirming and it's so encouraging for everyone at every time, because of course, there'll always be times where you look back at your life and I was fitter then, I was thinner, I was better. But it's like, but that was me five years ago. Do I want to go back there? Uh, No, thank you very much. You know, because every day we're learning so much and we're becoming fuller. And it means that I think life at 50 is going to be even better and 60. Why not? Why can't it be? Why is there this weird idea that we have this peak? Um, of like youth that we're all, tra- all trying to get back to. It's ridiculous. So um, I'm really pleased that, that that resonated with you because I I feel that all the time. I often, um, it's exactly the same for me, in fact, with singing. There was definitely a time where I probably had a um, f- bigger range. I could probably hit certain notes, but I actually listened back to a lot of that work that I did when I was, um, yeah, I guess, early mid 20s and I go yeah technically technically it's there it's really impressive but feeling mm. I don't know now I think it's the it's those little cracks and squeaks and trembles that is what the voice is we're not robots the voice is such a powerful thing because it is it's the, in- the only instrument that we have and it's terrifying for people to expose it because it's exa- exactly that. It is the most exposing thing. That's why people, everyone wants to sing and everyone's terrified of it generally in my experience because it is being naked. It is going, this is me. And it's um, like, it's wonderful when people, you know, trust me enough to, um, to open up their voices for me. And then hopefully I can help them go out and open up their voices in the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in terms of us, you know, always growing, yeah, that's a really good reminder that me today is I've been, I'm more me today than I've ever been. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's one way of looking at it. Oh, that's really beautiful. Yeah. That's a beautiful cool. way to say it. Yeah. Uh, I remember talking to my mom once and she's in her, she's in her sixties and she's single Um, And she's been dating and uh, we were talking about it and she was just like, you know, I'm better now than I was in my 30s or 40s or 50s. And I'm just not going to settle for anything less than the best. And I was like, go you. Because sometimes I think she gets uh, pressure from like friends of hers who want the best for her, but, you know, who like really want her to settle down again. And she's like, I did it. I've done that. I don't need yeah. to do it again unless it's on my terms. And I yeah, just think and I that's think great. it's it's um it's really it's nice once you start um kind of shifting these uh, expectations that you know could start banging on about society and all the terrible things it makes us do. But you know, there's this all these expectations that by a certain age you'll do this and a certain age you'll do that. I mean, um, I kind of. Uh, I kind of shirked all those a long time ago when I went into acting and singing. I was mm-hmm. like, well, I'm not going to have kids and a mortgage by 30. It's just not going to happen. And it hasn't yet mm-hmm. um, because, you know, we, we choose a diff- different lifestyle, but it's kind of, it's okay. I think things, 
things unfold at their own pace. And um, there's a wonderful quote: uh, "Adopt the adopt the pace of nature. Her secret is patience." I think that's it. Um, it's about again being aware, being honest with yourself about your your kind of your wants and your needs, and as they they will change yeah. daily, yearly. But not having these kind of preconceived ideas of like, I've got to have this by a certain age. What does that mean? I don't. I don't. Who's judging? Yeah. Like, maybe your parents will be happy for ten minutes, but what? What? What was that? What does that achieve for you? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think um, going towards what feels good. I think that's another really nice bit of advice that um, that I was told. And uh, actually, the more I kind of think about it, and the more. Um, the more I f- uh, feel around the idea of going towards what makes you feel good, it's uh, it's really useful. Because, like, yeah, there are certain things that make us feel good in the short term. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's, I don't know, drinking, going out, all these fun things, they're fun. But, like, what, makes, what actually makes you feel good? Who are the people that actually you think of and your heart just kind of warms a bit? Well, spend more time with them. Um, what do you do in your daily life that uh, makes you tingle buzz whatever do more of that mm-hmm. and generally that's quite a nice way of just kind of going about your day i find of course we'll have to do things that we, that we that we don't want but they're often to get things that make us you know happy so yeah we often have to do jobs that we don't necessarily want to do but i bet there's a little bit of joy in those jobs that we can find yeah if you look you know i think with everything there is bella uh just gives so much good advice in this one section but uh i love that phrase more of me today than I ever have been. I think I'm already misquoting it, and I just listened to it. But I really like that a lot, and because I find myself always looking past at what I could do and then trying to get back to that. But I guess the hashtag is uh, better than yesterday and not just as good as 10 years ago, is it? No, look at that. Poignant and using social media trends. That's me. Um, getting back into the podcast, I talked to Bella about how she came uh, to acting and her trajectory and how her parents encourage her and her brothers and sisters creatively. And uh, yeah, I think she's a great voice teacher. I think if you are a person who does public speaking in any forum, being stand-up comedy, acting, uh, just in your job, if you're a lecturer or something, that looking for a voice coach is could be really valid, and I suggest everyone do that. And if you're interested in reaching out to Bella specifically, you can find her on her Facebook page, Arabella Vox, that's V-O-X, or on Twitter, Arabella Gibbons. Of course, I'll put that in the show notes, and it'll also be on the Facebook page, uh, Namaste Bitches Podcast, if you want to reach out to her to talk to her about uh, voice lessons or certain techniques or anything like that, you can get her there. All right, enough of me. Let's get back to Bella. You said you went to acting school or drama school when you were 26, yeah? Yeah. So were you on a different trajectory and then you just did a hard right or were you leading up to that? Yeah, I guess. If I, one a question, because just I don't know. Drama school here, is that university? 
Because I went, no. my university and drama school were the same thing. Are they s- separate things here? Yeah. So okay. you can do drama at university, okay. which people do. Um, most drama schools are affiliated with a university um, so that you get a certain qualification at the end of it. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Oxford School of Drama, um, please correct me if I'm wrong, someone, but I think it's the only accredited drama school that's not affiliated with a university. So it's actually not part of Oxford U- University. And George Peck, who is the head of Oxford School of Drama, is... Um, very proud of the fact that you know he can run his school as he wishes without having university breathing down his neck, which is great. And I think that that is really um, that's quite clear in the vibe of the school is that it's it is its own entity. Um, in terms of yeah, doing drama at university, I I had the option of doing that at um, Bristol, but I think the drama courses are often quite academic, and um, certainly at Oxford, I think at most drama schools. It's it's entirely practical. Um, so I didn't hand in a single essay the whole time I was there. In fact, other than the notes that I took in class, I didn't have to write a single word, I don't think. Um, all the examinations, all the presentations are all entirely based on, um, you know, actually uh, practical work. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what appealed to me. And I think that's what appealed to um, most people that I was on the course with. Um, before drama school, I was I was singing. I was in a band, um, singing, teaching in Brighton. Um, before that, I did an English literature degree, <laughs> didn't we all? <laughs> Which has stood me in great stead. I know a lot about poetry, yeah. and I can write a damn good essay whenever I need to. Um, <laughs> I don't often need to, but you know, it's there. Um, when I when I start blogging again, boy, watch out the internet. I'm coming. <laughs> Um, and then before that, yeah, I did uh, A-levels in England. I did. Um, I lived in Spain and Gibraltar for a bit when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And before that, Oxford, good old Oxford, back back to Oxford. So, yeah, that's my life in reverse. Okay, cool. So I wasn't sure if it was one of those things like you went to uni for business school and you were going to do that. You just sang on the side and then you, like, left it all behind and were like... I mean- of a bit like yeah I went to uni because I thought I should be responsible and I thought that you know I should um, get a degree because that's what people did and I was lucky enough to have the financial support from my parents so that I could go to university and um, uh, and then got to the end of it I did um, yeah I was in kind of jazz bands in my third year which was so much fun and then got a job in PR Mm-hmm. I missed that out on my reverse life, didn't I? Yes, I I did PR for a year and um, it was fine. I just kind of at the end of a year, I was like, I just, I just still don't really get it. I don't think, I don't think I'm cut out for this, if mm-hmm. this is what this is. So I left and that's, that's actually, yeah, that's when I moved to Brighton. And again, everyone probably just watched me just unravel from this, you know, academic, high achieving person in, in a suit to, uh, oh God. She's playing the banjo on the beach, um, which I did for a bit. And your, were your parents up for that or were they like, oh, she's discovering herself? Or were they like, what were you doing? <laughs> I'm really lucky. My, If anything, my, my parents were kind of, um, particularly my, my stepdad, when I told him that I was definitely going to university, he was like, oh, God, fine, sure. They, they're very, very creative, uh, lovely people, and they've, always very much encouraged me and my siblings to do 
what we want and make and create and do and make loud noises. So, um, yeah, Christmas at my house is a riot, as you can imagine. Um, in fact, my brother and sister and my little baby sister, they're all, they're all actors now, little bastards, and they're really, really successful. They're doing amazingly. So, yeah, it's, it's um, proof that if you, I think if you let your kids run free um, and give them the encouragement and, actually, and a lot of support as well, um, then, yeah, you, you can make some really exciting stuff. So, yeah, I kind of was serious for a bit, um, went to Brighton, got just, that was when I discovered singing, really. And I started singing lessons because I got, uh, I became a singer in this band. I suddenly realized I had to learn how to belt and how to compete with these four very loud men and all their massive, massive carloads of equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I realized how much I love singing and then I realized how much I love teaching. And I was getting into, I'd always done a lot of drama, um, you know, at school and all that stuff. Um, And I was in a number of productions in Brighton. And I just, I was in a play pretty much constantly for about a year and a half. And yeah, it got to the point where I guess I realized that I was at a certain level and to get to the next level, I would have to have proper training. Mm -hmm. And I... There's a wonderful director called Mark Wilson, who I've worked with, a very good friend of mine in Brighton. Um, he directed me in A Streetcar Named Desire. <clears throat> I think that was the last show that I did in who Brighton. Who did you play in Streetcar? Um, I played Stella. Nice. Stella! Yes. And um, in fact, my uh, my co-star, <laughs> co-star, <laughs> um, uh, Lauren Oh, she's going to kill me. I can't remember her surname. I'm going to have to find her surname. Lauren, she's an absolutely amazing actress, and she went to the Oxford School of Drama, and it's actually because of her she told me to audition for Oxford, and that's why I went. So the least I can do is find her surname. Jesus, she's going to absolutely kill me. Um, We set up a theatre company together in Brighton, actually, um, uh, called Pretty Villain Productions, which is still going. And please talk for a bit. I'm going to find her surname because... Okay, cool. Never forgive me. Uh, I'm just curious, uh, do you come from a musical family? Do your parents sing as well? Uh, when you all get home, because you're all a bunch of actors, is it just four-part harmony, Christmas carols around the tree? <laughs> I mean, I am picturing the most disgusting hippie family. And when I say disgusting, I mean really lovely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, a lot of what you just said is true. So parent-wise, my dad um, uh, was a... Uh, he was a, f- a philosopher and academic, but he was an amazing jazz um, musician. So I used to, um, my parents divorced, so I used to go to his house like every weekend and um, he'd just kind of plug in a tune and plug in his sax and just kind of play sax at me for like what I can remember as hours and hours. It was probably only 10 minutes, but yeah, he used to play jazz at me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, my mum and my stepdad, my mum was a dance teacher um, used to be a dance teacher. She's, she's still around. Um, and my stepdad uh, is, uh, he runs restaurants, but he's a kind of interior designer. He designs incredible spaces. Um, he's a very visual man. Um, and, and so singing wise, no, I guess, who's a singer in my family? Um, my granddad's got a nice voice, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I'll take out the, I guess. My granddad's got a nice voice. Okay. My granddad. Um, we all sing. And in fact, Yes, at Christmas we do. You're going to vomit your tea, but we actually went round to my granddad's house. He was having a bit of a rough time um, about a year ago. And me and my brother and my sister and my other sister, um, we did four-part harmony Christmas carols for him. Aww. 
Yeah, that happened. And um, we didn't even practice. We just did it on the spot because we're that good. Um, <laughs> You're like the Von Trapp family, no, but English. And we, we have this thing at home because often we'd be like sat around the dinner table um, and we'd have like my parents' friends over. And so, either, stop. How many are there of you? Just curious. There's four of us now. Okay, that's what I thought. Loads. My, sister, my brother's 24, my sister's 20, and my little one is 13. Oh. And at some point, Clint, my stepdad, would always be like, go on, get the guitar out, get on the piano. And then at some point, yeah, we'd, mainly me and my brother would then uh, look at each other and very quietly go, or, 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 or. That's the performing seal um, <laughs> code. And we'd have a little or, or, laugh at each other and go, yeah, sure, we'll get the guitar out. But actually, you know, that kind of... Um, we weren't, we weren't pushed into anything. We were just really encouraged. So it was just, it became very normal for us to like, yeah, go get an instrument, make some noise. Mm-hmm. And so it's completely normal to me to make a lot of noise at people, you know, probably when I shouldn't a lot of the time. Mm. Did you find your friend's surname, by the way? Ah, I'm going to go through to my phone. Laura. Sorry, you told me to Lauren talk. Vonfield. Vonfield. Oh, God, I knew it. I knew there was some kind of field. <laughs> Lauren Vonfield, amazing actress still running Pretty Villain Productions in Brighton and doing a, a fantastic job. She's awesome. great. So yeah, great. thanks to her that I went to this school. Thanks to her that I make all these strange noises of people. When I was growing up, my dad made all four of us kids take piano lessons in hope that we'd grow up to be a super musical family that could sit around the piano and sing Christmas carols. And we never practiced, so it never happened. So I'm sure he's super jealous of the fact that uh, Bella and her siblings can all uh, play instruments and sing. Oh, I'm getting so jealous. Um, in this next section, we plug uh, what performances Bella's doing now and how you can find her. I already uh, talked about her Twitter account and her Facebook. Of course, they are in the show notes. Also, speaking of plugs, uh, I will be updating my calendar on my website soon for my 2017 dates. Just so you know, I will be at the Glasgow Comedy Festival this year and I will be at the Leicester Comedy Festival. All that will be up soon. And if you sign up for my mailing list, uh, you'll get all of that information straight to your inbox i only send out an email once a month that's the only time i do it it's just once a month so uh yeah so go ahead sign up for that all of it is at abagalia.com but enough about me let's get back to bella what are you working on now creatively that you're really excited about so the play that i'm on tour with at the moment is called parallel and it's written by laura Lindsay, and i started working on it about a year ago um, we did um, a run at the Harrogate Theatre earlier this year, and we're we're now currently on tour with it. And it's just such it's such a brilliant piece of theatre. It's um, uh, there's three women, um, three parts, mm. and we roll a dice each night to see which part we play. Dun, dun, dun. Wow! No, tell me about it. Um, it's not just a gimmick. It's um, do you do that in front of the audience or? Ooh. Okay. We come on stage, um, we introduce ourselves, say hi. Um, the play is about homelessness and about three different characters who find themselves um, on this kind of station platform and share uh, you know, this time together. And they're three people from very different walks of life. And the role of the dice, uh, it's kind of, it's a metaphor, I guess, um, 
it's it's about chance and the fact that yeah our a lot of what we have is chance um where we're born who we're born to what schools we go to um these are all things that we actually we're just uh are they're, they're decided for us and they inform our lives you know um inescapably it's going to happen so the roll of the dice yeah is a, a, a reminder of this and um a metaphor for the for the you know the many different outcomes that can happen all just from chance mm. um so uh we finish the tour next week and i think i think we're gonna have a london tour next year which i'm really excited about because it's it's just it's great to see three women on stage um it's great the fact it's new writing it's brilliant writing laura is just a wonderful uh great actress she's in it as well oh cool yeah and um and we do Q and A's often after the shows, and the the stories that other people share with us are just um, really, you know, heart opening, mind expanding stuff. You know, you you're kind of it's always a reminder of how powerful theatre is, and it is. Um, it's a reminder of why we do this job and why I'm doing this play, because it's it re- reaches people in a way that you know you you can't you couldn't really do this on film. Mm. Um, it would be a great film, but the fact that it's live. The fact that the audience are with you from the first moment they can see these three humans on stage all a bit nervous about what's going to happen. They roll the dice and then this experience happens that is different to every other show that will have that we will have done on the, on the tour. Every single show is, is very different. Um, and I love the fact that the audience are a part of that. So I'm very excited about that. Um, I'm also in a comedy group called Laughing Stock. Yes. That's that how we met. You guys. How we met doing yeah. laughing stock at spank the wonderful stock um three people that i love more than 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 chocolate um yeah uh reese lewis and phoebe and we've uh we'll be gearing up to do i think another stint at edinburgh next year mm-hmm. um we're kind of still under discussion but yeah we're writing our new show now which is really exciting because it's just it's so much fun and it whatever stresses are going on in real life i get together with those guys and it's like ugh, you're just laughing so much that you wee yourself which happens a lot how long have you guys been a sketch group um about two and a half years now um maybe coming up to three wow yeah we met at drama school and then um came out of drama school and phoebe and reese wanted to set up a comedy group um because they're funny fuckers and mm. just got together loads of people from our year and we all had a play and did a few kind of silly rehearsals where we all rolled around a lot and rolled over each other a lot you do that in drum school too mm-hmm. and um it just kind of settled it just happened that it was just us four and we did our first gig in um uh in this kind of i guess it was like a strip club with a kind of slightly sticky floor and we were it was an improv night and um we're not improv we do sketch comedy which is heavily scripted heavily rehearsed mm-hmm. and um we found ourselves top of the bill headlining this improv night which is probably i think still the funniest gig we've ever done because it was just it was so awkward <laughs> um we watched these improv groups that's our first gig ever ever in this weird strip club with kind of um these neon outlines of naked women on the walls and a mirror on the ceiling and then Laughing Stock came on stage. And all our friends who had come along to support us were, again, quite drunk and 
very supportive. They'd been hold, holding in all their laughter for about an hour and a half because they didn't think it was appropriate to laugh at the improv that was going along. And then they just exploded into laughter, <laughs> as did the rest of the room when we came on stage. So I don't think what we did was very good. But it was purely the release of like, oh, my God, some people in stupid outfits. that We can actually just go. <laughs> Still my favorite gig today. And that was um, yeah, nearly three years ago. Exciting. Uh, so you mentioned that you and Phoebe do uh, yoga in warm up before shows. Do the guys do it as well? Like, do you guys get together and have like a session, a warm up session before you? You know what? No, no. The boys Secret do that. not involve themselves. Um, I, I mean, I've tried. I've tried to get them involved. Um, maybe they do their own thing secretly. I don't think they don't warm up very much. Um, and Does I'm that bug you? About, I'm going to be very careful about what I say here. Okay. Um, no, I'm not actually. I'm just going to say it. I think actually, there are often times when we're a bit tired. Dare I say it? Slightly hungover at Edinburgh. Mm. Um, and if you do a full hour then you feel right as rain again and sometimes i may say that the boys are slightly um a little bit more um what would be the best word here kind of uh slightly more crackly you know okay vocally. <laughs> um they just give me the two fingers at this point um they they have their own processes it, that's what i mean it's like everyone has their own thing for me before I go on stage, I have to have at least 10 minutes, preferably an hour, getting ready. Some people can walk on stage and do it. I mean, Judy Dench, apparently, she just, like, waltzes on, smashes it, and then, you know, leaves. So maybe Reese and Lewis are just on more of a Judy Dench level. Yeah. Than maybe. Have you ever heard that she doesn't read a full script? Yeah. I, I just find that amazing. <laughs> she I know. only reads her bits, shows up, smashes it, and is like, I know, I know. <laughs> Go Judy, but that's what I mean. It's like I think they're, um, you know, because she's obviously made of different stuff than the rest of us. Um, the rest of us just have to put in the work, and um, the work's actually really fun, isn't it? I don't know. That's that again. That's another thing that we learned at drama school is that it's all part of. It's just a process. Everything that we're doing, you're never going to do the best you've ever done. You're never going to be in that play. You're never going to write that song. It's all just, it's all just learnings. And every time you have. You know, something difficult comes along. You probably learn more from that than when it goes well. Yeah, I, I mean, I think people, and I include myself in this, forget that the work is fun because you're always yeah. looking forward at what you want instead of enjoying, you know, uh, learning how to expand your voice or sitting over a notebook writing or whatever it is. Uh, yeah. And that's kind of, it com all comes back to, um, you know, uh, living in the moment which is a, t a term that we hear all the time and like it's again it's like what does that mean living in the moment I am here of course I'm here but it's about appreciating right now like not even in five minutes time like right now the fact that I'm having this wonderful conversation with you and then I'm warm I'm comfortable I'm well slept you know rather than always um trying to get to the end of something and trying to achieve that thing because tomorrow never comes another lovely thing that my stepdad always used to say mm. it's true took me ages to work out what that meant i thought he just got his grammar a bit wrong it's like tomorrow never comes <laughs> it didn't make sense to me for a long time but no it doesn't yeah it's it's now now is all we have and um uh i forget that a lot we all do but it's those moments that's i guess why meditation is just such a such a grounding thing because um, 
yeah, you sit there with your eyes closed and, you know, yeah, do we, we expect something magical to happen? No, it's just here. It's just being here in our bodies. And that's all we have. Do you meditate regularly? Like, is that part of your warm-up? Um, not regularly enough, no. Uh, for me, yoga is meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not an excuse, but that's, uh, for me, yoga is um, the most grounding calming thing that I can ever do so if I can do if I can do a yoga class before a performance um, I know that I'll be totally you know um, present and firing on all cylinders Um, whenever I do do you know 15 minutes I get into the habit of doing 10-15 minutes in the morning my whole day definitely yes is all those things more present more clear Um, but then I get out the habit like we all do so um I, in fact, I listened to the podcast, um, BA's podcast, was yeah. that from last time? Such a wonderful um, uh, r- reminder of all the things. I was like, yeah, you know, it's all these things remind us. Like, yes, I remember how it feels when you meditate a little bit every day and how it does change everything. And then, you know, stuff happens, you know, whether being being on tour, I don't necessarily have that time every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just kind of reminding yourself of... Uh, of these these patterns these rhythms and when you do have the opportunity then take it yeah oh that's beautiful um okay i think we're about ready to wrap up uh before we do that is there uh how do people uh find out about you or uh twitter facebook uh do you want to plug where and when the play is going to be happening uh i'm gonna shoot to have this out on monday and uh, I'll be honest, the last time I said that, it took me three months. So bear <laughs> that in mind. Okay, so um, I probably won't plug my show tonight or my mm. show next week. We okay. forget about that. Um, so my name on Facebook is Arabella Vox. And I just use that page as a place to kind of put all my professional stuff. So um, there's stuff on singing, uh, stuff on voice, any productions that I'm in, Um uh, silly photos of um, strange people in odd places uh, I will put on there so um, if you want to find me then please go on there and send me a message um, yeah I'm on Twitter again it's not personal stuff on Twitter I just use it just shameless um, plugging of um, things that I'm doing but that's um, at Arabella Gibbons and that's G-I-B-B-I-N-S um, so yeah if uh, if you're interested in voice then please come say hi um if you fancy going on a yoga retreat it's going to be magic it's um we're looking at kind of i think april or may maybe um again in puglia next year Mm. and uh it will be vinyasa voice so there'll be probably three or four different teachers and space for between i think ideally space for between 10 and 12 people so if you want to get involved in that then definitely give us loads of notice yeah, definitely keep me in the loop for that because I keep yeah. saying that oh. I'll go on a yoga retreat and then I never do because I planning is just you know uh, wonderful. Um, okay, before we go, can you just remind everyone what your first piece of advice was? Yeah, well, we've gone on on a big journey. We have, uh, haven't we? My advice for you and for myself is to remember to breathe. Remember to breathe. All right, thank you so much, Bella. Guys, that's Bella. Let's go on a yoga retreat in the spring with her. That would be the most fun. We can do a Namaste Bitches uh, voice yoga retreat. Uh, 
It'll be great. Let's do it. Um, yeah, so please check out Bella Vox at, or excuse me, Arabella Vox on Facebook, Arabella Gibbons on Twitter. Again, all of that is in the show notes. Abigail.com for all the shows I'm doing and my mailing list. And join the Namaste Bitches Facebook group and let's get the meditation challenge started. Me, you, and uh, join, have a friend join and they can do it too. I hope you have a good day and namaste.